and Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. A lot of different prophecies in the last days, and most of them having to do with the pre-trib rapture, and then national Israel, the natural Jew, going through great tribulation. But when we understand a few basic principles, we'll see that that is totally not the truth. You see in Revelation 1 verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants. The servants of God is not national Israel. They have rejected the Hamashiach ben Yosef, the suffering Messiah. They're still looking for their Messiah to come. They have not received Jesus Christ as their Messiah. At that stone, they have stumbled. He is the Hamashiach ben Yosef the suffering Messiah. Israel's looking for the Messiah, Hamashiach ben David, the one that will reign forever, having Israel the head of all nations. When Jesus was resurrected, before he went to heaven, there in Acts the first chapter, they asked Jesus after his passion of 40 days, will you at this time again restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you bringing in the kingdom age where the kingdom of Israel will reign and rule all nations in the earth? National Israel, the nation, according to the promise of Genesis 12. Abraham, I'll make of you a great nation, not a church, a nation. But then we have the seed promise, the seed of Abraham, that that born of Abraham would not be those out of his house, but out of his own loins. This would be a child, the seed of Abraham, which seed we are, the church of the living God. That was given in Genesis 15, the seed of promise, Isaac. He will have the last laugh, laughter. Well, we see that the revelation of Jesus Christ in these last days will fulfill Jesus' week. We find that Jesus in Daniel 9 was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And who shall declare his generation? That generation shall be counted for the seed, the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, building the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David is the church. We see that in the book of Acts. When they were disputing about whether the Gentiles would have to be circumcised as the Jews or they could not be saved, first being called Christians at Antioch. Then we had uh, Peter set up with a congregation at Jerusalem talking about how at his hand God had opened the door to the Gentiles speaking of the household of Cornelius. Then Paul followed, talked about that how through his ministry he was an apostle to the Gentiles, not to the Jews only, but also to the Greek, the Gentiles. Then James gave his opinion on it also, his verdict, his counsel, and then the church agreed on it. And they would put no other yoke upon them that no, the circumcision availeth nothing. Well, at that point, 
we're talking about the natural Israel versus the spiritual Israel. Now, Paul made it very plain in the book of Romans. He first mentions it in Romans 2, 28 and 29. Romans 2, 28. He is not a Jew that is one outwardly in that circumcision of the flesh. That's a natural Jew. But he said, that's not the Jew. He is a Jew, which is the spiritual circumcision of the heart in the spirit, whose praise is not of man, but of God. You talk about the spiritual circumcision of the heart. Then he goes on and explains what that is in Romans 6, 1 through 4. What know you not as many were baptized, were baptized into Christ's death. You're literally buried with Jesus in baptism. Water, water baptism, according to Acts 2, 38, 4, 12, Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts 19, etc. No one was ever baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, for that's not taken on the name, the revealed name of God, the blood name of God, which is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. Well, then he goes on and says in Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12, you're complete in him, have need of nothing else, and in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. What circumcision means to cut and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism, Colossians 2, 12, through faith in the operation of God. God take a spiritual Spiritual, it takes a spiritual scalpel in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Those are titles. And cuts off the foreskin of the heart. The body, the sins of the flesh are cut off. And he becomes a new creature. The body, the sins of the flesh cut off through faith in the operation of God when he raised him from the dead. And you partake of that in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, buried with Christ in baptism. And we see that also in 1 Peter 3. In the long suffering in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, baptism, doth also now save us. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience toward God. So it's not written, the revelation of Jesus Christ is not written to national Israel. It's written to the servants of God. That's Revelation 1, verse 1. And we have to understand who he's writing to. When in Revelation 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's bringing us unto perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is the revelation of these things, which must shortly come to pass. Sentence signified it, sealed it, by his angel unto John. John, the beloved disciple, will be, as we see in Revelation 10, in the spirit of Elijah not national Israel because John will be given that little book that he has to take out of the angel's hand, the Bibliaridian, the little book, not what the seven thunders uttered their voices. And he was about to write in revelation 10. He had to take the little book. That's the only way any individual believer in Christ 
can do the will of God. Not a general revelation of Jesus, but a particular individual personal faith given to each individual member for the body being fitly framed together. For that to happen, each individual member in the body of Christ must do the will of God in their own salvation, working out their own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that worketh in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Anyone does not do the will of God in the particular will of God, the different ministrations, but the same spirit will not be able to enter in the kingdom of heaven. We see that in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven in the bylaws that Jesus gave us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Matthew 7, Jesus states plainly, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Now, somebody said, well, if you whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But yet, Jesus said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven because you did not do the will of God. Many will then say, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name, prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name. Jesus said, many will come in my name, shall deceive many. A person may know and have the Holy Ghost, that Christ in them, the hope of glory, and know the will of God, but will not do it, saying it's too hard. Or whatever the case is, saying, let me go and bury the dead. Or that tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake. They become offended and bring no fruits unto perfection. Or the cares of this world. Deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Whatever the case is, we must do the will of God individually according to the faith given to each individual member. That's the body of Christ. It's not national Israel. So we find John takes the little book. That same book that we see in Revelation 5, that him that sat upon the throne and in his right hand was a little book that had seven seals. Seven seals are seven signets. They're the sign, the law of Tav. They're the seals, are the sealing, and there's seven of them for perfection, seven being the perfect number of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is able to open and loose the seven seals of the book. He has the seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of the Lord, sent forth into the earth. It's a sevenfold of the one Spirit of God. And then we find in Revelation 7 the sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, not national Israel. Well, they're saying the church has been raptured in Revelation 4, verse 1. That's not a rapture. Nowhere does it say that we are caught up and meet the Lord in the air. Well, he does say, come up hither and I will show you things. Those are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen, not raptured. We're not caught up to meet the Lord in the air. It's not the day of the Lord where we come back down and the wicked will be ashes and under the righteous feet. If you've done any work in Revelation, in Jesus Christ and eschatology, last day events, you know that 
the body of Christ will come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And the final season is not Pentecost. It's tabernacles, which is declared to us in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We must come into all truth before Jesus even comes from heaven and with the second advent, when he comes a second time without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints, the church, not national Israel. We find that in Acts 3, 20 and 21. The heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things, of the restoration of all things, though all things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus stated the same when he was going to Jerusalem, there to be crucified on Golgotha. He said, I have yet many things to tell you, disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the Comforter comes, the Holy Ghost, he'll speak of me, for all that the Father's given is given unto me, and he will show you things. Those are the things of faith, which will come to pass. Paul said the same thing. I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him, but is revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. That's the things of faith. That's all truth, coming into the knowledge of all things, all truth. And we see that in 1 John 2.20. You have an unction from the Holy One. That's from the Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you know all things, you know all truth, no lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth both the Father and the Son. Christ is the Father. He is that invisible spirit. He is that the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is the Son, that Spirit revealed, the image of the invisible God, God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 Christ is all. He's all that God is in every office and function of the Spirit, be it Father, Word, Holy Ghost, Son of God, Son of Man, all the Jehovah titles of his attributes, and all that El Shaddai and Elohim is, is Christ. That revelation of Christ, whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, 1 John 5, 1. It's written to the servants of God. The book of the Revelation is not written to Israel after the flesh. It's not written 2,000 years ago as an historical account of what happened, but what is going to happen. How do we know that? Because Revelation 4, verse 1, there's a door open in heaven under John. And he says, I heard a voice of a trumpet talking with me. It's a trumpet voice of Jesus. It's not the regular church world voices that they hear in various instruments. At what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, psaltery, and dulcimer. That's the worldly instruments. That's a herald call to worship the image of the beast. It was set up in the plains of Dura. Nebuchadnezzar set an image up, that vision, that was given to him. Daniel given him the interpretation of this secret, this secret that is now revealed. 
to the king what will befall the people in the latter days. He made an image sixty cubits high, six cubits wide, and then proclaimed that in all the time, whatever you hear the sound of the music, notice no trumpet, no ministry voice of Jesus. It's the voice of the world. It starts with a cornet. Well, somebody said it's very close. It's close to a trumpet. It just won't hit the clarion piercing sound and pierce the heart in the spirit of man. It won't reprove, rebuke, and correct. It won't perfect anything in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said that I would be able to give you some gift for your perfection. But these can't. They are the wrong instruments, the wrong herald, the wrong voice. Jesus is the voice of a trumpet. But Babylon in Daniel 3, verse 5, verse 10, and verse 15 has a voice of a cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, psaltery, and dulcimer, so nasal that it will not even convict the snakes sitting in the congregation with the righteous. It will not separate the wheat from the chaff, the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. It doesn't have the piercing sound of the trumpet. But John reveals to us in Revelation 4, verse 1, the voice of Jesus. That door opened in heaven, and Jesus is the door. And there is a voice of a trumpet talking with him, not of Babylon or any instrument of Babylon, but the true voice of God in Revelation. And he says, Come up hither, that voice of a trumpet. Come up hither, and I will show you things. It's not rapture. It's more faith. I'm showing you things. Faith is the substance of things, so far. The evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. John is showing us eternal things within the throne room. Not Pentecost in the sanctuary in the holy place. But within the veil, the last season of God, tabernacles where we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, for it's in tabernacles that season that God gives the understanding of the book in the revelation and all things and all truth. And John sees it. He's declared that unto us, the servants of God, not a rapture. Revelation 4 verse 1 is not a rapture. It's a higher revelation in the body of Christ to show us unto us things which must shortly come to pass. What? Hereafter. Things to come to pass hereafter. 92 A.D. when he wrote it. Certainly not Mary birthing Jesus in Bethlehem, Judah. And certainly not a pre-tribulation rapture where national Israel is left behind. That is total that is ludicrous. It's the body of Christ. And we find that Jesus states that in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. You're not raptured out. And except those days be shortened, no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, the ecclesia, the church. Those days are shortened. And he said, you're going to be delivered up. You're going to be hated of all nations. What? For my name's sake. Israel doesn't name the name of Jesus. 
they will in one day turn to God, called the day of the Lord, when they see him and whom they pierced. And they will be every tribe apart, mourning because they have seen they crucified their Savior. And one day, a nation will be brought forth at once. That's in one day. But the time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry is not carried out by national Israel. Far from it. It's the church in the work of the ministry to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. They've come to the knowledge of the Son of God, not just a general knowledge, knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh, but in Ephesians 4, it's epigenosco, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, and to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God is epigenosco, knowledge. Not gnosko, just a general knowledge, knowing Jesus after the Spirit, not after the flesh, but it's epigenosko, much higher into the fullness, image, measure of Jesus Christ. You see, in Pentecost, we only saw through a glass darkly, had knowledge in part, prophecies they'd fail, tongues would cease. But then, he said, when that which is perfect is come, all these things in part will be done away with. Then we will know. That's all knowledge. That's all truth. That's knowing all things. Then we will know, even as we're known of him. That thing that is come is perfect is charity. You add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, that's the final step in glory and the final the glory of the church to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, not national Israel. So therefore, when we see and hear of a Petra prophecy of national Israel being left behind, it's a total lie. It totally nulls the work of God that you and I are called for in the body of Christ for the work of the ministry. You see, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, growing up into Jesus in all things and all truth, growing up into him in all things, uh, all truth, where we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. For the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is the latter reign of the Holy Ghost in a Jesus ministry. We've had the former reign, book of Acts. We have not had the latter reign. The latter rain is the last great readiness of strength when this gospel of the kingdom will be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. And that preaching of the gospel will not only be with the redemption miracles of Jesus, the same that he said, these same works that I do shall you do. That's healed and sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, lame walk, and the captive growing free. And blessed is he whom serves not offended in thee. But it's also greater works than these shall you do. What is greater? Moses, that did judgment miracles, destroying all the gods out of Egypt, did not do it in his own power, but the Christ that was in him. We know that because 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11 states that the Old Testament prophets, that's Moses, that's Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14, Mount of Prophets, all the way to Malachi, 
All of them prophesied of that grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that spirit, capital S. God is a spirit. Christ is that spirit. Christ is God. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. So Moses did not do those judgment miracles. It was the Christ that was in Moses that did those judgment miracles, destroying all the gods of Egypt. But in Zephaniah 2, God said, I will famish all the gods of this earth, and there will only be one God and all shall know him, from the least to the greatest, that Jesus is that Lord God Almighty and not another. Those that is in the body of Christ, not national Israel, not the Petra prophecy, but the church of the living God will not only be doing these works that Jesus did in redemption miracles, showing that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, but they'll also be doing the judgment miracles of Moses. What we see read in Revelation 11, that he gives uh, power unto his two servants. These are the two olive trees. That's the cherubim. That's a church in its higher glory. The candlestick. Of course, we know the candlesticks of the church. The church of the living God. They will prophesy for 42 months, time, times and a half, three and a half years, exactly a time, times and abiding of a time, which will perform Jesus's latter week. He did the former in three and a half years. Jesus began his ministry being about the age of 30, being our great high priest. Because he's in the days of his flesh, fulfilling the law, Jesus cannot start his ministry until age 30. The reason for that is in Numbers 4, the high priest under the law takes his uh, ministry as a high priest at age 30. Therefore, Jesus, being about the age of 30, will begin his ministry, goes to John the Baptist and say, baptize me. At this point, he's coming after the order of Melchizedek, not after Levi or Aaron, after the order of Melchizedek. We will also be in that Jesus ministry, not a Levitical ministry, not an ironic, but the Jesus ministry of the order of Melchizedek, Jesus, the son of the living God. And uh, greater works than these shall you do. That's the judgment miracles of Moses. That was done by Christ in him. We see that on the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus was on that mountain apart, he took Peter, James, and John, only a remnant of the 12. And while he was up on that mountain, he was transfigured before them. But there also appeared Moses and Elijah. Because in the last day, when the body of Christ is transfigured, come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus, where the woman is clothed with the sun, the same as Jesus, his garment was shining as the sun. His face shone as it were the sun. The woman in Revelation 12 is clothed with the sun. The son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. The moon is under her feet. That's illuminations. That's the Moed. That, the feast of the Lord. She's done those in her walk. It's under her feet. She's done those feasts, and it's time for her to bring forth the feast of, uh, feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, feast of first fruits, feast of weeks, and then feast of trumpets, day of atonement, and feast of tabernacles. He's walking in those, the moons under our feet, the lunations. And on her head, a crown of 12 stars, 12 perfect government of God. They said, that's Joseph. Well, the horns of Joseph, he will push the nations together. 
That is what will happen in the gathering of all things together in one in Christ Jesus. But it's the church. It's not national Israel in Revelation 12. Jesus talked about it in John 16. He said, when a woman, she has sorrow, and the bones of her that is with child grows, and she knows not how. But all that sorrow that she has, birth pangs, that nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes in diverse places, famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast, all these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs. All of that is the beginning of the birth pangs. But for one reason, that Babylon, the false church, will never admit to that. She will never confess that they're going through any kind of birth pains. There is no tribulation or persecution, she says. That is essential. She says, Mr. Babylon, the great mother of harlots, says, I set a queen. I am no widow. I'm married to Jesus. And I will see no sorrow. I will have no birth pains. But God said, in Amos 9, verse 9, there's a sifting going on among the nations. That's how I'm sifting the chaff from the wheat, the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, through the nations. I'm shaking the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. That's sifting the people of God, not national Israel, the church. We find that in Hebrews 12 about this last day work the work of the ministry, not national Israel. It's ludicrous. It annuls the work of God. In Revelation 12, we find that in the days of Moses, he did judge of miracles, destroying all the gods of Egypt through Christ that was in him. And at that time, Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Why? Because God had come down, the Lord Jesus had come down on Mount Sinai. And it burned with fire, and there was an earthquake. Notice there was a sound of a trumpet that waxed louder and louder, more increasingly loud, crescendo. And as it did, Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. God said at that time, and he gave the law. That was uh, Israel, natural Israel's Pentecost exactly 50 days after first fruit, seven weeks, and on the morrow, 50 days from first fruit, they were found themselves at Sinai. Only 11-day journey there to Jordan to pass over, yet it took them 40 years. But now, in Hebrews 12, we see that this work of the ministry is not national Israel. God gave the word, great is the company that published it. That is feminine company. The church. We find there that Paul speaking, if you believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, and we do, some say it's Apollos, Silver Tongue, Orator of Alexander, or one of uh, the protégés of Paul. Well, we believe it's Paul, but that's okay. Paul stated there in Hebrews 12 that God hath promised yet once more, I shake not only the earth, as I did in the days of Moses and the exodus of Israel from Egypt. Great deliverance. A great work of the ministry that God showed his power, destroying the gods of Egypt. Known in all the world, this God that had delivered his people, Israel. 
However, in the last days, there's another work that's greater. Because Paul said, God hath promised. Yet once more, I shake not only the earth. He thought that was something. It'll pale in comparison compared to what he does in the last days. I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. That all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Every man-made doctrine will be brought down. Every covetousness, idolatry will be destroyed. Only God in that day will be lifted up. And everything will be removed that is man-made. God has promised it. So that those things, those things of faith, the ones that's in the all truth, that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. We're the remnant. Thank God we're what left over. <laughs> Somebody's left behind. I want to be left behind because that's the righteous. When you see in Daniel 12, from the time the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up shall be 1,290 days. It's got a 30-day second Adar making that solar year aligned with the, the lunar as well as the prophetic year. All things have come to pass in the fullness of time. But then he tells Daniel, blessed is he that waiteth. That means wait a table. That you're coming unto perfection. Not just sitting around and wait and wonder what's going on. No. Wait a table. He that waiteth upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount over the wings as eagles, walk and not be weary, run and not faint. These are the ones there that wait upon the Lord. He that, them that waiteth upon the Lord, from the time the daily sacrifice is taken away and abominations set up, that make it desolate, shall be 1,290 days, the full consummation of all things. But now, for the body of Christ is coming to the truth, but blessed be he that waited through the 1,305 and 30 days. 45 days longer. And we see that 45 is a time that it's a, in Bible numerics is a very unique number. We know that three is the number of resurrection, seven perfection of God, 10, the perfect government, uh, 12, uh, 10, the perfect law, 12, the perfect government, etc. And we see 24, the priesthood, uh, 27, the preaching of the word, etc. But we see, in this one, 45. Now, when we see 45 in the scriptures, we know that 30 is the price of blood. We know that 30 years of age is when the high priest takes his office, numbers four. We know that 30 pieces of silver was given for Jesus. That's a price of blood. But 40, testing and trial, everyone knows that. But 45 days longer from the time the daily sacrifice taken away, the abomination that's the, uh, make the devil set up the full consummation of everything and the full judgments of God. But blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the 1,305 and 30 days. It's not national Israel. It's the church of the living God that's coming to perfection. 45, the righteous soul. How do we know that? Well, let's take a look at 45 in the scripture. Whenever the Lord came down, there's three men that came down to visit Abraham and he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, lots down there. And Abraham says, Now let not the Lord of glory 
But if there be 50 righteous souls, will you destroy? Will you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for 50 righteous souls? And he says, and there's a bargaining. <laughs> because God has to have the agreement because he's given man the dominion. He will do nothing save he show it to his servants, the prophets, his body of Christ. Because he gave man the dominion. Not because he's not God, because he gave man the dominion. So he's bargaining with Abraham. Abraham says, will you destroy it for 50 souls, 50 righteous souls? For 50 righteous souls, I won't destroy it. Notice he drops down 10, 10, from 50 to 40, down to 10. But he puts one in there, 45. It's the only increment in there with a five. Will you destroy that for 45 righteous souls be found in it? Will you destroy it then? He said, I will not destroy it for 45 righteous souls. Then he drops it to 40 and then 30, then 20, then 10. And of course we know there was eight. We have a lot and his, his wife, remember Lot's wife and his daughter's uh, there and they're coming out and then Zoar, etc. They didn't have 10 righteous souls. But 45, he said, if you find 45 righteous souls, Lord, will you destroy it for 45 righteous souls? He said, for 45 righteous souls, I will not destroy it. We find that applicable to an indicative of the righteousness and the holiness of God's people, the church. There in Daniel 12. Blessed he that waiteth that cometh through the thousand three hundred five and thirty days, forty-five days longer, because these are the ones unto perfection to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. But go thy way, Daniel. You'll stand in your lot. Well, that's exactly what we're seeing in Revelation 12. Not the Petra prophecy, not natural Israel, but the church. Just as Jesus said in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. You're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You name the name of Jesus, they're going to be hated. They're going to cast truth to the ground and prosper. They will overcome and prevail against the saints in Revelation 13 for 42 months, time, times a half, three and a half years. But during that time, we will have a standard lifted up. The church of the living God, the woman clothed with the sun, just as Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. The moon under her feet, there's the lunation. And so what difference does that make? Somebody said, well, I don't understand the calendar, the timing of it. Well, the sun of righteousness is a solar year. She's clothed with the sun. If we look at the timetable, she's clothed with the sun. Well, that's uh, the full year. And that is the solar year. And then under her feet, the moon, the lunar, that's a lunar year. She's walked there. Upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. That is a prophetic year. 360. But then from the time the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination that make a desert set up, shall be 1,290 days. It's the full solar year with a second Adar to where the time is to the fullness. It's a time for that woman the church of the living God to bring forth. And when she's time for her to bring forth, the Lord will cause birth pains for it to happen. 
the birth pangs of sorrows on the church. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Again, we see that. And she's crying and travailing in pain to be delivered. It's time. We see that with the solar, lunar, and the prophetic calendar on the woman. And when she does, she brings forth a man-child. She's hindered with the old dragon. Now, we fought against that old serpent, that scorpion, Satan himself, that snake. But now he's called a dragon. I saw... I wonder in heaven, a woman clothed within the sun, a moon under her feet, and hold upon her head a crown of 12 stars. But then we saw another wonder in heaven, a great red dragon. Notice it said great. Great red dragon. This is the collar, the anger of the, uh, the beast. This is the anger of Satan, the dragon. And they get their power, their seat and authority from the dragon. We're fighting against not only the serpent, the scorpion, but we're fighting against the dragon in the last days, a full onslaught of uh, the devil, the dragon, and all of his angels being cast out of heaven into the earth and his angels. It's a full onslaught of hell here on earth. The fullness of the power of Satan in the synagogue of Satan. But God raises up a standard. The church of the living God in greater power and glory will seal their testimony with their own blood and love not their lives unto the death. Oh, let me die the death of the righteous. Let my last end be like his. Sealing our testimony with our own blood. The ones that love God will go all the way even unto death. For love is stronger than death. We see that in the Song of Solomon. So we're seeing here that it's not a national Israel and a petrol prophecy where they're leaving Jerusalem and going to Petra. We understand that in 70 AD. That happened, yes. Under Titus, son of Vespasian, there with the destruction of Jerusalem, then in 70 AD, but not in these last days. Far, far greater. Much greater. This is the whole world coming against Israel and against Jerusalem, compassed about with armies. This is a time of the onslaught of everything the devil's got from the dragon cast down to the earth with his angels, all of it. And there, this dragon will be wrought with the woman, the church, and will go to get war, make war against the woman and the remnant of her seed. Now, the remnant of her seed is not Mary just birthing Jesus 2,000 years ago. It's not national Israel going for a time, times a half, three and a half years, 42 months. Because we find that there is a lion, man, ox, and eagle, four faces of Jesus. The last is the eagle that ascends. Three are terrestrial, one is celestial. That's very important. For we see in Jesus, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus has four faces. We see that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not just a gospel according to one Mark or Matthew or Luke or John. For each will show a different face or attribute of Jesus in his majesty. And we see that in Genesis 3.24. 
God sat after the fall at the east end of the garden, RMD, east end, 144, perfect government of God, and that's the ceiling. 144, 12 squared, 144,000 that will be sealed. Revelation 7. That is not national Israel. That's the church. Why? Because she has to be sealed through this work of the ministry in the last days. And we find Jesus as a capital C cherubim set at the east end of the garden of God with a flaming sword. It turns every which way. Well, we know the flaming sword is the word of God. Jesus is the word. We know that Jesus, that capital C is Jesus in his four faces. These are not just symbolic creatures. It has to do with the work of the ministry that Jesus himself is our savior, always is, has been, and always will be. He's keeping the way to the tree of life. Lest Adam in a fallen state sets forth his hand in each of the tree of life and lives. That flaming sword turning every which way is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. That cherubim is the four faces of Jesus. It's him. It's a capital C, Genesis 3.24. But now the body of Christ is coming into that. John sees it. He sees it in Revelation 4, verse 1, as things which will come to pass hereafter, the things of truth, a higher glory. He finds himself in the throne room, Revelation. In Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, he sees four and twenty seats and four and twenty elders and the four beasts before the throne of God. And the four beasts are these four living creatures in the zoe. The zoe are the living creatures that have come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. They have the same face as Jesus. They've grown up to him in all things and all truth. We see that in Ezekiel 1 Ezekiel 10, that when Ezekiel in the 30th year, 30 being the number of the priesthood, son of Buzi, that he sees visions of God. This is at the same time Jesus comes into his ministry. The heavens were opened in Jesus, as it was with Ezekiel in Ezekiel 1. At that time, immediately, where does Jesus go? Well, he's baptized of John and Jordan to fulfill all righteousness. And as he does, the heavens open to him. And then there's a dove comes down, abides on Jesus in that Holy Ghost in the form of a dove. Jesus is not filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. God giveth not the Spirit by measuring to him at birth from the womb, not from the tomb. But at that time, God, the Lord Jesus can start working in the Spirit, in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Spirit that he is, always has been. Because at that time, at age 30, he can begin to be working on our behalf as our great high priest, fulfilling his own law at age 30. He has to wait till age 30. Well, what happens? He comes there and immediately after he comes into that priesthood, our great high priest, immediately he's driven into the wilderness. Well, where's the church going to go? the same that Jesus did in the days of his flesh for the first three and a half years, the church and the spirit of Jesus will do the same as he did in the last three and a half years. Jesus was driven into the wilderness there to be tempted of Satan. We'll be driven to the wilderness where we will be nursed from the face of the Savior, but we will have warfare. Truth will be, as we see, 
that the Antichrist, the devil, the old serpent, the scorpion, the devil, Revelation 13, will prevail against the saints. And the patience and the, and the faith of the saints will be very simply that you know this work. You're sealed with this work. You're sealed with the word of God. And you know this work. So you're not surprised. It surprised the hypocrite, but not you, the believer. Why? Because here is the patience and faith of the saints. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. So ye lead the body of Christ into captivity. God's going to lead you into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must die by the sword. It is a righteous thing with God to render tribulation to them that have troubled you. And this is the faith and the patience of the saints. Well, time, time, dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, a thousand two hundred three score days. It's the church. It's not national Israel with a petrol prophecy running into Petra there to be saved. Absolutely not. It's the church of living God in the final work of the Jesus Christ in his ministry, his power, his kingdom, his glory. Now, when you understand that, you'll be sealed. After you receive the word of God, you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. Knowing that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, the day of God, wherein at that time, national Israel will be saved at the day of the Lord, but not until then. And the saved will not be in the church of the living God. It'll be as a nation of Israel that will be saved as a remnant that will be affrighted, give glory to God, and God will not kill them and destroy them at his coming, the second advent. They will go into the millennial as Israel and all nations, be it Asher, Assyria, Babylon, Egypt, all will glory in the, in the nation Israel. All will follow Israel. Israel will be set up above all nations and all nations will flow into it monthly there as we see in Zechariah 14. For the Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord Jesus is sitting right there for 1,000 years. Where's the bride of Christ? The church, the body of Christ has been at the marriage of the week of what? We are kings and priests and we reign with the Lord in the earth a thousand years. National Israel has not been changed in eternal life. They are in the nation ruling in the earth. Yes. But we are kings and priests, the church, the body of Christ, that are reigning as kings and priests over them through your mercy. Natural Israel obtains mercy. They will walk in the name, national Israel will walk in the names of their gods, Judges, little G-O-D-S, Elohim. And we, the church, will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, Jesus Christ. So the Petra prophecy in national Israel is a lie. They do not understand the work of the ministry. And it is a null, the work of God, in the last days for you, the church, the body of Christ, to come into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus until a perfect man having the same glory, for God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. That's done in Genesis 3, 24, the cherubim. There's four faces. Well, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah in the gospel according to Matthew. Mark, on the other hand, 
doesn't show it in genealogy because the perfect man, they don't care about his, his genealogy. We don't have a genealogy in Mark. It's a perfect man. The line of the tribe of Judah is gospel according to Matthew. The perfect man, the gospel according to Mark. Luke, the suffering servant, the ox, yes, need to know the genealogy. John, we're talking about the eagle. That's coming, that flying eagle that takes the whole earth. Not just an eagle, a flying eagle. A flying roll that takes the whole earth in Zechariah 5. Because it literally takes the whole earth, the gospel being preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations. But that the last, that last glory revealed is an eagle. So we find that when the devil is cast out after Michael, the great prince of standard for the children of our people, war in heaven, Michael fought and Satan, and there was no place found anymore because the accusers of our brethren are cast down to the earth and his angels, the devil and his angels, having great wrath against the inhabitants of the earth because he knows he has but a short time. And at that time, then, just as stated by Jesus in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Matthew 24, Luke, Mark, uh, uh, and, and Luke 21, Mark 13, Luke 21. Jesus said, said uh, pray that your flight, now that's a, that's a flying eagle. Pray that your flight, and that's not the rapture. Pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Why? Because then will be a time of great tribulation. Such as there never was a nation, no, nor shall ever be again. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, the ecclesia, the church of the living God, the elect, those days will be shortened. God will do a short work. He will cut it short in righteousness. The devil will not have a chance to get into it again. We'll come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ in a perfect, spotless, blameless church, uh, the body of Christ under perfection. We'll be presented to Jesus, a glorious church, without spot, without blemish. For that's what he's coming back for. That we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Well, Jesus said, don't pray that you pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, because that's a time of great tribulation. Well, what do you see in Revelation 12? Well, the woman brings forth a man child and there's two wings of a great eagle given to the woman. He's coming to the perfect face of Jesus, lion, man, ox, and eagle. Where she flieth, where? Well, when Jesus came into his ministry, the first thing at age 30, our high priest, the first thing happened, he was driven into the wilderness. What happens to the church? We're driven into the wilderness. There's two wings of a great eagle given to the woman. Where she flieth, that's in the winter, that's in the Sabbath, that's in the time of great tribulation, the final seven, the consummation of all things. Two wings of a great eagle are given to the woman, the church, where she flieth into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God, where she's nourished from the face of the serpent for a times, time, and dividing of a time, time, times, three, and dividing of a time, and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, that is 1,203 score days of, of great tribulation. We're still here. 
but God has raised up a standard against the old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, that old devil himself. There, how do we know this is a church? When we look at that last verse in Revelation 12, the dragon was wroth, mad, anger, wrath, with the woman. That's the church. How do we know? And went to make war with the what remnant of her seed. What's a remnant of her seed? That's what she brought forth. The seed, the Christ generation, that shall be counted for the generation of Jesus. That's the reason why in Matthew, the first chapter in the genealogy of Jesus, there are 42 generations. It goes 14 generations from Abraham to David. Another 14 generations from David to the carrying away into Babylon, 28. Then from the carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus, of whom was born Jesus, is not 14, but 13, the 41st generation. Somebody said, well, there must be a misprint there. No, because Jesus in the days of his flesh is that 41st generation. He is the Christ, but of whom is called Christ. That's the 42nd generation. That is the final 14th of that third generation. That is Christ in you, the body of Christ, the hope of glory. That's the reason there's a differentiation between Jesus, the 41st generation, and Christ, the 42nd generation, because it reveals not us, but the Christ in us for the work of the ministry. That is not national Israel. That is ludicrous. That's a gross error and is critical for salvation. Somebody says, well, I don't see how it could cost us our salvation. Well, if you say there is no sorrows, no birth pangs, that you're pre-tribulation raptured out and you're not going through uh, this time of great tribulation where you're going through persecution and tribulation for his name's sake, hated of all nations for his name's sake, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Then you're looking at Amos 9, verse 9. There's a sifting going on among the nations. We find in Haggad too. He said, after God has, has shook the nations, the shaking of the nations, then the desire of all nations will come. All the silver and gold is mine, and I'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. The house is still there. The latter house is the latter rain. The former house is the former rain that we see in the book of Acts, the second chapter. That's the reason the book of Acts does not have an amen or the end on it. It's still in operation today. By the final consummation of all things. And our God is a consuming fire. The last day will not be as it was in the days of Noah with the flood, but it will be as it was in the days of Noah that the waters prevailed upon the face of the earth for five months, 150 days. Well, the same, Jesus said, will be as it was in the days of Noah. That is the church. And we see that in Revelation 9 on the fifth trumpet that a key is given to the angel to the bottomless pit, the abyss, and there came out locust, had a king over him, called Abaddon, 
or in Hebrew, or Apollyon in the Greek, the destroyer had a king over them. And it was given to them, hair like women, tails of scorpions, and they would strike and hurt men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. We're still here. We have the seal of God in our foreheads. But they hurt only the men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads for five months. Exactly the same time of the waters prevailed upon the earth in Noah's flood. Just as Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall I also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There it is. Five months on both, 150 days on both. They'll seek death and cannot find it. That'll be the agony. Well, that's the reason why the body of Christ has to be sealed, not national Israel. The petrol prophecy of national Israel there is a total lie. We have to see the truth that God is doing a work in and through the body of Christ unto perfection. For we see in 1 Peter 4, verse 1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, we are to be therefore likewise minded, have the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. The captain of our salvation is made perfect through sufferings. We're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Think it not strange the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. And the glory of God resteth upon you, upon your head. That's the testimony of Jesus. Now, what is it? The body of Christ will be given the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Why is that so essential? Because in Revelation 19, 10, realizing who the church is, but the Christ that's revealed in the church, John sees a man. He goes to worship him. If anybody knew Jesus and all his attributes, majesty, and glory, John, the revelator, knew Jesus. And he was about to worship me, but he worshiped this man. And he said, see, thou doest it not. Don't do it. For I am of thy fellow brethren and of uh, thy, what? Thy brethren, fellow servants and of thy brethren. I'm one of you. I'm of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren. Not an angel, but something different. That have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. I'm not God, so don't worship me. But I do have, as your fellow servant and a brother of you, John, I have the testimony of Jesus. I have that fullness of Christ. I've come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. I've been led and got in all truth, and I'm sealed. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Oh, earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. It is a strange work. And God bring to pass his act, his strange act. This has surprised the hypocrite. They didn't think anything could possibly be anything like the sufferings and the trials that we're going through in great tribulation. It surprised the hypocrite. The overflowing scourge. Will, will literally surprise the hypocrite, and the flood has literally flooded the hiding place. 
There's no place to hide. And when God at that time says, I will lay judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet. Well, somebody said, but that's wicked. No, it's the righteous. Judgment first begins at the house of God. You'll see that in Zechariah, that second chapter, there's a measuring line there. The third chapter, we see Joshua with a change of raiment. That's the church called by the name of Jesus. He is a brand plucked out of the fire. There's your ceiling. And we could go on and on for hours. And then you go to Zechariah 4, that's the two olive trees, the two olive branches that you read in Revelation 11. There's your Zechariah 4, which is 1 Kings 23. Six, uh, 1 Kings 6.23, which is the olive trees that were laid with gold. That is the work of the ministry. And it's a brand plucked out of the fire. There's your ceiling. And what is it? It's the two sons of old, the two witnesses, the two olive trees. Are these the ones that empty out of themselves the golden oil, which is the angels to the seven churches in the last day, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, children of the fathers unto perfection. God said, lest I come, and smite this earth with a curse. Either get in it and believe me, God said, or I'll smite this earth with a curse. The burden's on us. The burden is not on God. Any man says the burden of the Lord. The burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord will be cut off. God said so. The burden's on us. The church pretty well has a deaf ear. So God will turn to those, those that will come in and the Sower will overtake the reaper. The reaper will overtake the sower and he will bring a body up that the church will say, that can't be right. They're not holy enough. They're not right. They don't belong to our denomination. Oh, it'll be a work of God. It'll be a quick work and he'll bring them from newborn babes to little children to young men to fathers just in a short work. The ones that love him and they'll see it and they will seal their testimony with their own blood in the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Without that spirit of prophecy, you cannot understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The petrol prophecy in national Israel is totally ludicrous, a lie, and averts the whole work of God. We are to know the work of the ministry and grow up into him in all things, Jesus Christ, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus. It is not national Israel. It's the church. Tune into the podcast. We'll go on. What will happen? When will national Israel be saved? In a moment, in that last day, the day of the Lord God Almighty, for in one day, a nation will be brought forth at once, the nation of Israel, the day of the Lord. We see it in Isaiah 66. We'll turn on that another topic, but Revelation 12, man-child is the church, the inner man, in the fullness measure of the statue of Jesus Christ growing up into him in all things, all truth. Don't let anybody tell you different. Well, we'd like for you to contact us. The information's on the screen. Again, a synopsis, Med. If we go to the Hebrew area in chapter 12 of Revelation, uh, going with the Hebraic design of the Revelation, 22 chapters, 22 letters in the Hebrew ABCDRE, we see that Revelation 12 is a lamed. The lamed is a didactum. It's a, a learning. It's a capsule description of the work of God. 
in a very short, concise statement of what God will do. And that is, in the Lamed, then the learning, that a woman, the church, is going to birth a man-child, the church coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. The devil's going to come against it with everything he's got. All the angels with him here in the earth. Oh, earth, 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 hear you the word of the Lord. By the other three angels yet to sound, which are woe trumpets. It's not the last trump. The seventh trumpet is not the last trump. It is a woe, 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 lamentation, mourning, and woe trumpets of uh, their blown there in Revelation 8. But the last trump of God is that God himself and the Lord himself descending from heaven and the voice with a shout with the voice of anger, the angel and the trump of God. At that time, the work of the ministry going forth in the fullness and power of Jesus in his four faces. Lion, man, ox, and eagle, these are the beast, the zoe, the living creatures. They have come forth in the spirit of uh, that judgment miracles of Christ through Moses. They'll do the redemption miracles of Jesus uh, that he did in the days of his flesh, redemptive miracles, showing he is resurrection alive, and will also do the restoration, restitution miracles of Elijah. All this happening at once. Never happened before, like it's going to happen in the last of the last days. So we'd love to hear from you. And now we want to say we're praying for you. We need to come together. The body of Christ must come together. And not such as a manner of some so much more to see the day approaching that we are to assemble, assemble ourselves together. We need to come together. If the Lord's speaking to you, call us. We'd like to meet you. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.